welcome to another episode of Open World. How are you doing today? Hi, Ale. Hi, Meli. And today we have a very, very special guest with us, Tamara. Hi, Tamara. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you here. Hello, everyone. It's amazing to be here. So thank you very much for the invitation. And I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Thank you, Tamara. Thank you, Tamara. Well, uh, I was hoping to, to kick the, uh, the, the interview with you telling us a little bit about you, about your career, your journey, how did you start in the industry, uh, what was your first thoughts, and did you ever imagine uh, getting to where you are now? Wherever you want to start, we are all yours. So if we do a bit of time travel back in... I'm not yeah, going to here, okay, but I was around... <laughs> When I got my first computer, that was, I'm not going to say the model because that would reveal my age, um, but I became very excited and passionate about gaming and programming and, and games. Um, and I also was very interested in languages. So these two things kind of defined my childhood, games and languages. And my studies let me in all sorts of sidetracks, very exciting ones, but it was just amazing it's quite a miracle that eventually these two passions kind of came together in working in video games as as a localization professional but talking about my professional career i like to say that i've been through the localization food chain starting as a freelance translator and moving to become an internal reviewer project manager at a small ish slv uh, in budapest and then MLV, and then I am now on the client side, so to say, working at Frontier Developments uh, for the last eight years or so, and it's an amazing place to be. Nice. Well, one of the interesting things, yeah, one of the interesting things about this industry is that you don't only have to be a linguist and translate video games to be a part of this entire food chain, like you mentioned it, right? Yeah. Do you think, um, like, in, like looking back, do you think it made sense for you to go through this journey to be able to, like, be where you are today? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, looking back, you know, in retrospective, it's amazing to see how all these experiences, how my studies, the student organizations I was part of, and then, you know, all these steps in my career eventually added something, something very useful that I can still use today. I mean, just a simple example, if you think that, think of, um, well, we work with, you know, partners, clients, um, no, sorry. We're working with, uh, with a lot of vendors and localization partners and being on that side of the, uh, of the industry, I know what they need, I know how they work and I am able to provide them everything that I possibly can so that they can do the best work that they possibly can. That's great. Yeah, you understand the whole process a lot better being on both sides. Um, and I have another question uh, also. like I've read a NIMS report where you talk about the healthy work culture among your teams as a leader. And can you share any specific tips with us? Uh, well, one of the things that I really love about my current job is um, 
is uh, managing a diverse team of absolutely amazing individuals. And as a leader, I believe that my job is to enable and empower these people to do their best and, um, and also to explore and build on their strength and, um, and to have them continuously grow as a professional. And NIMSI actually has been an absolutely fantastic partner in that uh, for us. Um, as for tips, hmm. I, I always encourage transparency and open communication within my team. We have, you know, daily stand-ups, so everybody knows what the other people are working on. And um, this also helps us work towards becoming better cross-cultural communicators, which is extremely important if um, in our team of 11 individuals, we have nine different nationalities and cultural backgrounds, so it's very important to that. Um, also, a really fun practice that we have in place is a weekly gathering called La Vida Loca, and that's that's a oh, casual. <laughs> it's a casual Friday session where we can, you know, geek out about languages and cultures, nice. training, um, uh, share ideas about our projects, and you know, just to celebrate all these achievements that uh, that the team members members have so that's so really cool fun. That is the I, I love that. that yeah not just focus on the day-to-day -day production method oh my god amazing that's so cool thank you for that's saying great, and sharing yeah for everyone I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's very cool I, I i love the to give it a name to the casual fridays an ultimate goal right um now, if you were to say some of the biggest challenges that you've had in your role as head of localization or even growing to, towards your role, uh, what would you say that you might have had to face? Hmm. Maybe it's a tough question. I don't know. No, it's fine. Um, but I think my answer will probably resonate with um, with other professionals who have had a similar journey to mine. So who have come from the language service provider side over to a um, a game company or any other company, uh, mm -hmm. for that matter. And I think one of the biggest challenges when you make that move um, is to learn a new language or other many new languages so that you're able to talk about localization to people who are from all sorts of disciplines and right. talk to them in a way that it creates bridges and leads to a shared understanding and you know solving problems collaboratively and don't forget that they don't know anything about localization so have you for example tried explaining um, like the cost savings that you can achieve by leveraging your tm if you're not allowed to say translation memory, fuzzy match, retranslation. <laughs> Anybody of yes. the game of taboo, if you remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's quite a challenge. But then, you know, after you spend some time listening to your colleagues talk about their challenges and <clears throat> their work, it's not that tricky to figure out how to, uh, how to talk to them about localization in a way that makes sense for them. Right. As a couple a couple of examples, if you talk to a UI coder about how you handle formatting tags or placeholders, they will be really thrilled to hear that. Producers, budgets, timelines, how you stick to them. 
And, um, and of course, if you talk to management, they will want to hear about the ROIs for the different languages, cost savings, if you achieve those through efficiency and, and new tools and technology, as well as uh, how you are driving growth and, and revenue for the company. And also in my experience, everybody loves hearing about things like transcreation tricks and the game culturalization, so that uh, it's a good, you know, lunchtime chat, um, how you can generate some excitement about your daily work. It's always an interesting uh, topic for those who aren't in the localization industry, the transcreation part, isn't it? It's, it's like a constant yeah. <laughs> everywhere. It's a big, wow, um, I never thought about that before. <laughs> yeah. uh, but hey, you, you don't know what you don't know. I'm a huge, huge fan of Planet Coaster and, yeah, obviously Planet Zoo, right? Um, and I know about Planco. Mm. Uh, would you like to tell our audience about it? And do you know someone that speaks Planco? Because that's so good. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I really love Planco and I love talking about it. But come on, what kind of language geek would not be excited about talking about that construction? No! <laughs> so good. So yeah, Planko was born during the development of, as you say, Planet Coaster, which is, uh, for those who don't know, a theme park simulation game that Frontier released in 2016. And there were a couple of ideas generated about how to create a living world, a world where the, uh, the player gets a tangible connection to all the guests that roam around in the park and whom, you know, as a player I'm supposed to entertain. And one of these many suggestions was a substitution language based on English, Blanco. And the idea came from our amazing audio team, from an excellent sound designer, now dialogue manager actually, called James Stant, and he is the, uh, the father of, of Blanco. And the idea was that we wanted the players to have more connection and just go a little bit beyond the ooh, ah, wow, grr, and you know, all these nonverbal sounds uh, to make the guests more real. And we didn't want to localize any of that chatter because we wanted these parks to be location agnostic and the planet universe is a separate and completely entirely separate world. And without connection to real world, real countries, real languages. Uh, so creating Planko was just a fundamental aspect of, of creating this experience. Um, yeah. Apart from the creator, I honestly don't know anyone who is fluent in Planko. Um, but of course, many of us know a couple of words and expressions. So a couple yes. of my favorites would be, hey yo, which is hey yo. Oh my God, yeah. Bye-bye, uh, thank you. Aliuma, um, roller coaster. So if you say the word Aliuma, that's kind of how the coaster Yeah. Back. We have Hashoof, hot dog. So woof as in, you know, what the dogs say here in the UK. And my personal favorite is Vipitantifu, which is a happy octopus. Oh my God. So cool! Extremely adorable. Yeah, even the world is so creative. Yeah, I I love that it has a an intention behind it. Ali, who's like, 
yeah. it makes sense. Yes. Yeah, and when you're playing like Planet Zoo, yeah, um, I love to hear like the the little people saying "Hey, hey" to the animals, like "Hey." <laughs> like, oh my god! So yeah. <laughs> yes, ah, it's amazing. It is- Definitely an intention behind the words because since these are you know not understandable for the players, we still wanted them to give information. So I mean, vipitantifu, that's just the happiest thing you can imagine, <laughs> just saying it. And then words that are related to frustration and anger, they will have those kinds of sounds. So even though you don't understand the actual words, they do carry information about yeah. the um, happiness tiredness anger of, of the guests so as a player you can actually act upon yeah, yeah. absolutely it's so it definitely good. like adds to the experience and the, the game immersion for sure and um in your experience Amanda, how difficult the, would you say it is to build a new language for a video game hmm. it's definitely not for the faint of heart um but in our experience it's it's totally worth it um well, keep it in mind that the creation and maintenance and the use of a constructed language does create a lot of collaboration between various departments and they all bring their expertise together. So you have game design, audio, localization coming in and, and join this, um, this endeavor. And at Frontier, the concept artists and 3D modelers have also been absolutely amazing in embracing it and just decorating the world with uh, with blank of signs and uh, and things. And um, yes, so as the Planko at the moment has a vocabulary of about five thousand words, so that's that's quite big so you need to have a pretty solid process in place from the get-go in order to manage and and use the language so our translation tool is MemoQ and we have a couple of custom hacks in there so we can use it as practically a translation engine uh, to convert English text into into Planko along with the pronunciation yeah, it's a goal no, for the people so that cool. yeah so for the cool. people that don't know there is like a an entire page dedicated to Blanco like a dictionary so you can go and check it out online it's so good so good we can put um, it on the description of this video absolutely absolutely we you can. have to we will um so I know that well. yeah I know that Planet Zoo has been releasing a lot of DLCs right because I have them all. <laughs> And I know that you mentioned to me that you're a big fan of Planet Zoo too. And I have to ask, which expansion is your favorite? Because to me, it is the Tropical Park because I love slots, like, oh my God, the cutest. And Grasslands because the challenge one is takes place in Argentina. So I thought that was amazing too. Um, so yeah, which expansion is your favorite? Can you choose one? I mean, so hard. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really tough one because, you know, they are all so unique. Um, yeah, but I think my personal favorite would be the conservation pack. Oh yeah, um, which, yeah, which highlights the important role that zoos play in um, in helping the planet, um, and it features some endangered species, some eco-friendly buildings and scenery, and it educates people about the importance of sustainability. And this is actually one of the main pillars of the game. So it's I think it's really amazing that it. Um, an entire pack was dedicated to it. Um, but talking about packs, 
I, I would be happy to share my favorite part in working on all these packs. Oh my God, yes, please do. <laughs> so as you know, most of these packs highlight a geographical area or a specific habitat where, uh, and brings in new animals and, and scenery um, pieces. So when we start working on a new pack, localization is actually brought in quite early. So we get to do some research and feedback um, on the proposed scenery items to make sure that they, they are not just beautiful, but they also represent the culture in a, in a respectful and, uh, and relevant way. And for example, the Australia pack that features some um, indigenous artwork and for that, we worked with an indigenous artist and cultural ambassador called John Smith Gumbola, and even featured his own original artwork on, uh, I think, some um, a collection of painted, painted rocks and such. And the second aspect where we bring in this connection between the animal species and the cultures uh, or the area to which they are related to is, is the naming pools. So when a new animal is born or purchased in Planet Zoo, they, uh, they get assigned a, a default name, which the players can change to their heart content. But that default name comes from a bucket of, of names. So for example, our first DLC was the Arctic Pack. And for that, the reindeers get their names from a bucket of Finnish, Swedish, and Norwegian names. Then the, uh, the polar bears and the arctic wolves get an Inuit name, and then the doll sheep get some popular North American name. So we all gather these names for, the, uh, for, the, for these buckets, and of course they are all, they are all sanity checked to make sure that um, the meaning is okay and they don't sound like something uh, rude or offensive in, in a major language. So, so yeah, I, I love how with these uh, thematic packs we can celebrate the diversity and the cultures around the planet and bring those in for our planet players to, to enjoy. And this is also a really exciting way for localization to get, uh, to get involved and, and contribute. Yeah, it's so amazing. I mean, I love seeing the llamas and the capybaras with Spanish names. It's so cool. <laughs> like, I love it. It's amazing. Absolutely that your process like incorporates the localization team early on like that's that's such a like important part that yeah we can contribute exactly in that like you know and, and it can be yeah beneficial like for the game to have that insight from people from different places and uh, yeah and the language impact that you know the, the, the impact that it can have in different languages how it sounds um I think it's great that, that you have the, the process like that. Yeah. Yeah, such a great care. And it shows. It really shows. Um, Tamara, uh, we know that you'll be giving a talk at Game Quality Forum, which will be in Amsterdam, June 27th and 29th, through 29th. Um, we truly can't wait. We'll be there. Um, <clears throat> can you tell us a little bit about uh, what's your talks going to be for our audience? Yes. Uh, so indeed, I'm going to Amsterdam. Oh, it's already next month. Huh? Um, so, and, and I'm very yes. excited. I'm very excited about that. And I will be speaking about integrating localization into the game production pipeline. And, you know, this is a topic that often comes up with localization professionals. 
um, as yeah. we explore how we can be brought in earlier into that process and in a, in a meaningful way and how we can shift from being a cost center to a growth driver. Um, because, you, you know, you can't really make games for a global market without involving the expertise of, of the localization teams. And over the years, mm -hmm. it has built up quite a mature localization program. Um, so I'm really looking forward to sharing our journey with, uh, with my fellow, fellow game localizers and also to learn about their journey. And with these events, I find that uh, I always head back home with my head full of ideas and motivations and insights to uh, to go home. You have an outlet. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, just take all these valuable treasures back home and start improving things even further. And I'm actually not going alone from Frontier. So my colleague, Yekaterina Zaitseva, is also joining me. She is a senior localization manager. And she will be joining the panel discussion on diversity, equity, and inclusivity, which is led by yes. Marina Ilari from Terra Localizations, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it rings a bell. It rings a bell. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, such an interesting topic, such uh, a useful one that we're looking forward to it. And it's a topic that everyone involved, both in the video game localization and in the video game development and publishing uh, side should uh, should check out so yes, thank you absolutely. for that and with that we it's the end of our episode with tamara thank you everyone for joining us thank you tamara so much for taking the time off your schedule to to meet with us we'll be seeing you guys again in 15 days with another episode of Open World. Don't forget to follow us on our socials. We are on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere. So thank you very much and see you next time. Thank, thank you, you everyone. Thank you, Tamara.